welcome into the latest edition of Blackhawks on Ice. I'm David Schuster, and this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a bit. Now, on this podcast, we'll recap Thursday night's game against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll have post-game sound, and you'll hear from longtime beat writer Tim Cronin. Now, even before Thursday night's game, the Hawks celebrated Patrick Kane, who appeared in his 1,000th NHL game that came up last March. But since fans were not around that time due to the pandemic, Kane asked that any kind of celebration be put off until fans were in the building. And that was the case on this night. Kane's mother, father, and three sisters were there, as were his girlfriend and young baby. A nice video was displayed on the big screen, and then Jonathan Taze presented Kane with a silver hockey stick before Kane thanked all involved. Now, ironically, Taze will appear in his 1,000th game later this season, and likely Kane will repay the favor. On to the game we go, and it started once again with the opposition scoring first, with Jason Dickinson scoring at 6.36 of the opening period. Then the Hawks got a power play moments later, and Kane set up Alex Dabrinkit with a beautiful cross-ice pass, cross pass, with Dabrinkit notching his second tally on the season. Into the second period we go, and the Canucks scored twice. First it was Tanner Pearson on a deflection, and then Brock Baser scored late in the period on a two-man power play advantage. To the third period, and the Hawks pressed the action. They actually had a two-man advantage, a six-on-four power play late, pulling their goaltender, but it was the Canucks who scored as Connor Garland came out of the penalty box and scored into an empty net that made the final score 4-1. to one. So the Hawks dropped to 0-4-1 through the opening five games of the season. They've been outscored 21-9 overall and 17-3 when the two teams are playing 5-on-5. Five five. Let's hear now from Patrick Kane meeting the media following the game. You know, obviously frustrating, but, uh, you know, can't feel sorry for ourselves, and got to find a way to, uh, to dig ourselves out of the hole. And, you know, I know we can say it starts with one game, but that's really what it is. Uh, obviously, we've got two days in between to, to rest up now and try to keep building on where we are as a team, how we're playing, and uh, keep getting better and better because I think when we get it, we have stretches in the game where we're, we're pretty dominant. So got to try to do that more consistently. You wish there was more energy, more pushback in the third period? Um, yeah. I think... Uh, you know, as a team, you're going into the third and you're saying to yourself, try to do all the right things and keep playing the same way um, that we were when we were controlling parts of the game. We just probably didn't do it enough in the third. So, um, you know, obviously there was, you know, a few different like changes in the lines and things, um, but uh don't think we really had the same energy. Do you think that the line changes might be throwing you guys off? Do you need just some consistency to stick with one unit? No, I don't know if that's really it. I think uh, I've always been someone that likes to kind of play with everyone. I think the last couple of games I've, uh, you know, played pretty well with uh, with Kirby and, and Hags. Uh, created some chances there. So, um, But throughout the game, we're going to play with different guys. So I've always kind of been used to that and don't really mind that. I mean, I think tonight maybe just bearing down on our chances. I'm probably the main culprit for that. Uh, had a few chances there in the second. Uh, um, would have been nice to capitalize even in the first as well. So, 
You know, it uh, it comes down to bearing down at certain parts of the game, and obviously when you have those chances to score, that's uh, that's a pretty big part. But uh, you know, I think we also want to create some more traffic and um, you know get some more like rebound goals, things like that. Like in the locker room, in between periods, after games, right now. I mean, you guys upbeat. Is it is it just quiet in there? What what, what are you doing? Oh, I'd say throughout the game, it's pretty upbeat. You know, I think uh, I think in there, we know we have a good team. We know we can control the pace. Uh, we've shown that, um, especially the last couple games. So we know we can do it. It's just like put putting it together. So um, I think we're pretty upbeat. I think. Uh, as upbeat as you can be, uh, you know, for being 0-4-1. But, you know, you gotta, you, you can't really think about, you know, the record too much. I know it's it's hard to do that, but, you know, if we find ourselves just winning one game, it would be a, a pretty good feeling. I know it's a long season, but do you feel the urgency and the pressure building as the L's pile up? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, you want to get that first win, and it's never a good thing starting out. Uh, um uh, behind the eight ball, so um, you definitely want to find ways to uh, to have a good start to the season. And I think we can still do that. You know, we can we can still turn around and have a good start after you know 20 games and feel good about ourselves. But like I said, it's just you know a day at a time, a game at a time, and try to get that first win. Feel good about ourselves. Can you represent the time of adversity that you could draw on to make Yeah, I remember. I'm not sure what year it was. I think it was 2012. We lost nine, almost ten in a row, maybe. Um, and just getting that that win. I want to say we were in New York when we got it. Um, pretty good feeling, and we started going from there. So, uh, um, but yeah, I mean that's probably the main one I can think of. Yeah, it's just you know it's amazing. I think. The Hawks did such a good job of, you know, making sure family was included, everyone was safe, and uh, um, could be a nice night for me. So um, pretty special to be out there with my boy and Amanda, and um, you know, my parents and my sisters. So um, it was a nice little ceremony. Um, would have made the night better if we if, if, if we got a win, but um, it was a pretty pretty special moment, one that I'll never forget, nonetheless. Talk about this morning, the emotions of you know saluting Troy um, in the stands. Yeah, I just think it was great to see him, you know, and uh, <clears throat> nice to salute him, obviously, but nice to see him after, talk to him a little bit, and just uh, see him out, see him around the rink. It was uh, um, great to see him. And that last question was in reference to Troy Murray, the longtime Blackhawks player and commentator on radio, who is battling cancer. Now a word from our sponsor. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, before Thursday night's game, I caught up with Tim Cronin, who has been covering the Hawks for a long, long time. And you can follow him on Twitter at Illinois Golfer. And yes, he does cover that sport as well. But for this podcast purposes, we discussed Patrick Kane. All right, Tim, uh, Patrick Kane being honored tonight, obviously. Looking back on his career, and he's still got a few more years at least to go. But, I mean, what can you say about the guy? Well, he's a spectacular player. And the funny thing is, I was at the first day of his rookie camp on the 4th of July, just after he was drafted. He and and Taves were both there. Taves looked like he would stick immediately. But you weren't sure about Patrick Kane. A little guy, is he going to be able to take a check? Can he move fast enough in the NHL? And then we saw flashes almost immediately in training camp. And there was still question there, is he going to make it or not? Then it came opening night. He made it. There was no doubt about it. And he's been a fixture ever since. And he, like Taves, will have a statue outside one day, I'm sure. No question about that. You know, what's always been most amazing to me about Patrick Kane is that they've almost shortchanged him a little bit because they've had different line mates with him all the years. I mean, if he would have had Panarin on one side, you know, his whole career, who knows what he'd be. But it's almost like they've taken advantage and put, okay, we're going to just put this guy or this guy or this guy with him, and he makes it work. He can make anybody look better. He'd make you and me look better, and we can't (laughs) skate. I've met him on skate since I was four years old. The great thing about Kane is he's matured so much, on the ice and off. Remember, he had some off-ice dust-ups early on his first three or four careers. Well, he's been solid citizen ever since that, and I think that's translated into his play as well. You know, you just never can discount him from doing anything. And one of the most amazing things about him is he always comes up big in the biggest of situations. I mean, like, when the lights are brightest, that's when he's at his best. Yeah, the Showtime uh, line is perfect for him. Somebody, in fact, I saw walking in tonight has Showtime on their Kane jersey instead of Kane, and it fits perfectly. He really knows how to rise to the level, and he can play with the crowd very well. Is he the greatest American hockey player, if not right now? Will he, or is he already? I think he is. It was Bobby Carpenter before him. And, you know, before that, who knows who it was because there were so few Americans in the NHL. But here's the guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Here's the guy who's going to have his number retired. He'll have the statue. He's had every accolade. He's won medals internationally. He's, you know, been the star in the Olympics. He's the guy. He's absolutely the guy, and he deserves everything he gets tonight from this crowd. Does he retire as a Blackhawk? I mean, who knows what's going to happen down the road. Maybe he goes to them and says, hey, you know, we're not going to win any more cups here. Can you trade me to wherever? That would be unbelievable. But where would he go? His hometown is Buffalo, and they stink. So that's not going to work. I'd say he's going to stay here, and he'll be like Stan Mikita. He'd retire as a Blackhawk. Okay, and where... You mentioned Makita, and there's Bobby Hull, and there's so many great Blackhawks, obviously. Where on the Parthenon of, of Hawk players, where does he fit? Well, he's right there. He's in that team picture, and it's a very small team. Hull, Makita... Esposito, Glenn Hall, Taves, Kane. That's just about it. It's pretty tough. And then you say, who, okay, who's the defenseman that should be there? Should it be Chelios? Should it be Dougie Wilson? Should it be Pierre Pilat? 
you know, this is an offensive-oriented team that way with a couple of good goaltenders over the course of their 90-some year history. And Tim is right. The Hawks have a very rich history, but currently they are suffering through a poor start to the season. Again, 0-4-1 through the opening five games. And the season does continue on Sunday night at the United Center with the Detroit Red Wings, the opposition, so a battle of two original six teams. Once again, this is Blackhawks on Ice, and I'll be back after Sunday night's game.